Hello, everyone. (laughs) This is Alyssa, and welcome to Open Book, our podcast where we talk about books, business, and a little bit of everything else. I'm here with my co-host and co-owner, Garrett. Hello. Hello. Let's dive in. All right, um, so Garrett, what are we reading? I think first things first, we both just finished The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. Done. That's right, folks. Garrett did it. <laughs> I did it. He did it. I know. I'm so excited to talk about it, and we're not going to talk about it. We're this not time. talking about it, so we're not going live. I decided next podcast episode, we're going to dedicate the whole main section to that. Yeah. So you're going to have to try and keep it fresh. So you should have just about. procrastinated even longer. I know, seriously. <laughs> like stress read the whole final thing. Though That's it, such it a It was lie. so good. <laughs> it was so good. And yeah. weird. We'll talk about it. Anyway. Any, um, any thoughts? Any quick thoughts you want to share? No, because I don't think I can say anything short without, like, there's, I, there, the whole basketball thing is still the greatest part of the entire so book. Good. Like, I wish I had the whole book. Like, I'm sad that and it ended. Ah, oh, okay. We can't, right, I, we can't get into it because, I, I, but I just thought of it. Okay. All right. Save it. I we am, will be talking about that next week. What are you reading? So I'm reading two things. I'm reading um, the history of the United States. Mm. Um, and I'm forgetting the author of the United States. Sorry, I should have had this in the notes. Um, he admitted before we went um, live that he didn't read the notes today. So Yeah, I should have. Well, I should put it. Um, by Jill Lepore. It's called These Truths, The mm-hmm. History of the United States. And, um, it's a big book. A huge book. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of those, like, read a couple pages, let it sit in. It's dense. Um, it's going to take you a while. But to it's get all it. it's 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 really interesting because it's just political history. It's like there's huge gaps in in the stories that she's going to tell um, because it only pertains to like the real political shifts and why how nearly everything that um, we are experiencing today um, and maybe your whole life is is dictated by hundreds and hundreds of years of like setup. It's really cool. How far are you into that? Just the first part. Like, it's it's, big. it's not like an exciting read. <laughs> like you're, you're not getting jazzed for it. Yeah, like it's not it's not the basketball scene. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's like a like I have a little bit. I read a little bit of this. Um, and other than that, I'm reading. Um, if y'all remember, I read Spelunky. It was one of the boss fight books. Um, basically, a book written by. It's a series of books on video games, typically written by the developer of that game or somebody that's just so incredibly like deep and into that world that they mm-hmm. can tell some sort of really deep behind-the-scenes look at this thing. Um, Spelunky was written by the developer, and, and it was basically this like journey to creating this beloved game that had just such a, a long, tumultuous development process. And then, um, so there's 20-some-odd books. I bought the first book. It's about the game Earthbound, uh, which is um, one of the best uh, role-playing games ever, but it's um, it's coming come up in, in fame it, to being like this like beloved game is actually, um, it's just the story of its like tumultuous like path to that, where it was developed in Japan, beloved, 
its marketing and localization to the U.S. market was so abysmal that people that it bombed, like it mm-hmm. bombed hard. Um, considered like commercial and critical failure across the board, and then to have it grow up to be this like cult indie, what felt like a cult indie hit, even though it was this like huge massive game by a big developer just out of Japan. Anyway, I'm like into that, and those are easy. I'll I'll be done with that pretty quick. You like I just want to say that everything you basically just said went so far over my head. Which parts? <laughs> All of it. I I get nothing about video games. None of it makes sense to me. But that sounds cool. You're reading two very nerdy books. Yeah, I I think the game's <laughs> nerding stuff, out a little bit. Now. I think there's there's something there's something really neat about learning about a thing that you do love. Yeah, like a little bit more. Like I'm watching the Netflix documentary High Score, which is about mm. video game history. Um, and I know a lot about video games. I do. Like I, I'm, it's it's Humble a brag. No, oh, it, it's <laughs> like it's you just an industry. It's like you saying I know a lot about books, or I've read a lot of books. Like I've just read and absorb a lot of video game culture yeah because i worked in that industry and it's also an industry even though i don't play many video games anymore i appreciate it i really 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 like it yeah Um, it's it's a fascinating um uh, culture i I just think it's really cool um brings me joy so um, no i can tell i mean nerdy in a good way yeah i can tell you're nerding out about all this stuff and i love it (laughs) Yeah, Getting so into it. I just think it's 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 cool, and it's um, it's such a underappreciated medium, in my opinion, still. And people are like, how are you saying that? I'm like, games are huge, and everyone plays them. The um, it's it's not unlike movies. It's not unlike uh, you know. Think about the time, effort, and you know, it takes years to make a movie. It takes mm-hmm. years to make a video game, and we maybe play it for two hours. Mm-hmm. We give it two hours of our attention. Books? How long does it take to write a book? Uh, depends on the potentially book, but years. years. Yeah, and then you you blow through it in a week. You know, think about that. Yeah, and we. But then I cherish them forever and possibly. reread them and love them. <laughs> <laughs> but do you ever get to really? Very rarely do you do we spend time reading about or learning about that author's journey to releasing a book. Sure, we'll never get those insights. Um. Unless maybe there's some really famous author that writes a memoir or some bullshit. Right. Um, like Stephen King's on writing. Yes. Have you read that, by the way? No. You should. Um, okay. It's good. You'd like it. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so curious about that stuff. So anyway. I love it. Well, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on both. Hope you enjoy your new book. The, the video game one. I yeah. forget the name already. It's about the game. It's just Earthbound. Earthbound, okay. It's the name of the game. What's What's the symbol on this book's cover? It's just a baseball bat. Mm. The uh, previous one was an eggplant for everyone who doesn't know. Eggplant. Eggplant. That was like our book re, like our, we're opening a bookstore release picture was him holding this book yeah, with nobody an cared. eggplant on it. I, I thought it was going to get more comments than yeah, it did. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. It was just this giant eggplant on the cover. Anyway, well, that sounds great. Go books. Yeah. What are you reading? Uh, I just picked up Beloved by Beloved, Beloved, I don't know, uh, by Toni Morrison. Super exciting. Yes. Okay. Classic, her most popular book um, for good reasons. I'm, I'm a bit of the way into it, and it's fabulous. I really love Toni Morrison's writing. So I've been wanting to pick up this book forever and just finally decided to do it. So um, Okay. How far are you into it? I'm probably about 100 pages in, give or take. Okay. It's 
it's probably about a 250, 275-page book. So getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, taking it slow. It's Her writing is just unlike anyone else I've ever read, and it's it's really fun to get lost into it. Cool. It's an interesting read. Um, so reading that, otherwise, nothing. Nor I feel like normally I've got like eight books I'm talking about. Yeah. Good for you. But I've taken a break from audiobooks. I've been listening a lot to my teenage angst music and, and doing that in the car instead. So just focusing on Toni Morrison right now. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good book. I'm enjoying it. Um, all right, let's talk about business. Business. Yeah, is there much to even say at this point right now um, since our last update? Uh, I mean, a lot of the updates are the same. So uh, we are still doing writing hours. We had our first one last week, which I th- I think went well. Yeah, it's cool to see people coming we had and hanging out. Two people who came in, and you know, even if it was just two people, they came up to me afterwards and were like, "I wrote more today than I have in months or years." Thank you for doing this, and to me, that's that is a success. So yeah, I, I'm excited. It's I've never been a quantity. Um, no, not in things that quantity doesn't dictate any more success than you know. If it's like the goal is to make lots of money and you have you know less money, like that's a thing. But in these cases, right. events and things like that, I think that. Um, feedback over quantity. Um, so if it affects two people positively, that's great. Yeah. Um, Total outs- win. Outside of that, um, you lock things down with Scarf and Blazer. Still working on it. I okay. actually have another meeting with uh, Tara, who's the owner tomorrow. So stay tuned on that in terms of us having some vendors in. Uh, we are having them pop up in our store this upcoming Saturday. Oh, cool. Um, which I'm excited for. That'll This podcast will run after that. Um, but we should be carrying some of their things in our store moving forward. So Weather looks nice. Weather looks great. Are you guys doing anything Saturday? No. Yeah. Nothing nothing Camp North End related, but we are potentially planning some more events in the upcoming weeks. Uh, Halloween is on a Saturday this year, and so I know Camp North End's talking about potentially trying to figure out a socially distant, safe way to do some sort of trick-or-treating yeah. around all of Camp North End. So I don't know, just, you know, stay Updated on our Instagram, on our Facebook, and we'll keep you all posted about all that stuff. But, um, yeah, otherwise nothing nothing too crazy going on. Just chugging along. Cool. Start thinking about your holiday shopping. Used books make great gifts, in my opinion. Yay, books. Yay, Especially books. for kids. Come get used children's books. Don't pay full, full price for something some two-year-old's going to slobber all over. Come get a used one and... There you go. A pre-slobbered on one. A pre-slobbered book. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> they are sanitized, I promise. <laughs> yeah. cool. uh, but that's basically it. All right. Question of the week. Uh, well, first, we have an interview with Ashley oh. Wright, local author. Um, and so I uh, did this by myself. Garrett's scared of authors, so. Yeah. <laughs> They'll catch on to me real quick. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, please enjoy this interview, uh, with Ashley. I'm really excited about it. She's fabulous. What book did she write? She's written two books. They're both, um, journaling or journaling prompt books. Okay. So one is Dear Future Husband, um, all about like kind of finding yourself before you find your significant other soulmate, if you believe in that jazz. Um, and then the other book is So Life Questions in Black and White. Um, and it's literally just a book of questions that you can use for journaling prompts. You can use it 
just while you're hanging out with your family, ask each other these weird questions. Okay. Um, good for, you know, I guess date night with your significant other. Cool. Uh, yeah, all sorts of stuff. So we're talking a lot about writing. That's awesome. So let's, uh, let's listen to that real quick. All right, everybody. I'm so excited. We are here today with Ashley Wright, a local Charlotte author. Ashley, say hi. Hello. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for coming. Listen, I'm excited to be here. I'm super, super excited. Yay, I'm so glad. Um, so for those of you who don't know Ashley, we carry a couple of her books in the store. She is a big writer, and that's why I wanted to have her come on today. National Novel Writing Month is right around the corner. Actually, by the time we publish this podcast, it'll be like a few days away. So um, as someone who writes a ton and also just works a ton with journaling prompts, you were someone I wanted to talk to because yes. I feel like that's the toughest part for so many people is just getting started and figuring out what the heck to even write about. Yes. Um, so before we get really into it, do you mind just like telling everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you do it? Well, I do it well, honey. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) So true. Um, yeah, so my name is Ashley. I'm originally from South Carolina, been in Charlotte for a few years. Um, currently I work for an event planning and catering company as the Mm -hmm. office manager, um, by trade and degree. I am a social worker. And so, um, huge love for people, passion for people, um, but I just love life. I'm living life to the fullest now. Um, and it's really taking advantage of all the opportunities that come to me. Um, but I love all things people. Love all things writing and healing and just, I love laughter and pizza. Pizza's my favorite. <laughs> I love laughter and pizza. <laughs> yes. That's why we get along so well, I think. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> um, and so I actually met you, what, it must have been two months ago or yes. now, mm-hmm. through Roe. Yes. Uh, who's another Charlotte author yes, that I'm going to invite onto the podcast Yay. hopefully soon. Um, and it was such a cool happenstance meeting because you were like, I have a book out too. Are you interested? And um, all of your books kind of center around just questions that you can ask yourself, journal about. I know one of them is like icebreaker questions, mm-hmm. but you can also use them as journaling prompts. Yes. How did you even get started into like writing those types of books? That's an awesome question. Um, <laughs> so I was literally, I do my best thinking in the shower. Shower and car are my go-tos. Yes. So one day I woke up, it was kind of like, you know, during the quarantine, and I was in the shower and I was thinking about all these different questions I put on Facebook. And people mm-hmm. were engaged and they were kind of giving me d- these different answers. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And so all that came flooding back to my mind. And r- literally in that moment, it's like, this is your next book. I'm like, okay. So I go and I sit down and I pull all these things together, questions I've asked over the years. Um, but I've learned that oftentimes we know people and we can know them deeply, mm-hmm. but do we know how they think? Do we know like what, you know, what things really trigger them? Like great triggers, not so great triggers. And in, in me kind of thinking about that, the question book just made sense. And so I'm always, I'm, I consider myself like a question queen. Just <laughs> <laughs> I have a question after question after question because that's what gives us more knowledge and information. Yeah. Um, and so that's how those, anything I do journal prompt wise, um, it comes from just wanting people to go deeper and to think deeper. And I think that, you know, you kind of approached it there from like, you can always know someone else deeper. But a lot of these questions, I've flipped through your books while I'm just sitting in the store mm-hmm. journaling. They help you know yourself deeper. Like I've answered questions from your books that like I'd never really thought about or explored within myself. And that's so cool. Yeah. People don't take enough time with themselves. I think yeah. when we go and live through life, 
we have all these layers to who we are. And some of those layers are, are, are like our own organic layers. Other layers are things that people have piled on top of us. Mm-hmm. And so when you're asking yourself the different questions in the, um, in the question book or even in, in my journal, um, you're exploring like, well, what do I think about that? How do I feel about that? Um, because oftentimes we don't sit enough with our own thoughts. We just, you know, take so someone true. else's opinion and we let it morph into our own. Um, but even for me, I went through like a self-discovery journey at one point about three or four years ago. And in that, I realized a lot of what I thought I liked wasn't even stuff for me. It was something else that I allowed for someone else to kind of press upon me. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, and we're very impressionable beings. But, yeah, so I'm glad to hear that. Just the questions that you were able to see and answer for yourself, it helped you to dig a lot deeper just within. Totally. Yeah, yeah you ask really great questions. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so backtracking real quick, tell me about your books. What's the first book you published? Okay. How many do you have? All of that. All the things. All okay. the things. <laughs> so um, the very first item I published was actually my journal. So Dear Future Husband, the waiting space journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, again, one of those moments. Um, I was sitting at church and I was doing some stuff in the production room. And I posted on my Facebook a Dear Future Husband note. And so every so often, whenever I think about him, because I'm not married yet, honey. But whenever <laughs> I think about him, I'll write him a little note. And so I wrote a note on Facebook. A friend of mine reposted it. And I was like, oh, thanks so much for sharing. She's like, of course, these always speak to me. I have similar thoughts. And in that moment, it's like, give this same thing back to other women who are in the waiting space. Yeah. And so with that particular journal, I want it for women to know um, while you're waiting for your spouse, it's not a prison. You're not being punished for any past decisions, but it's a, it's a space for you to enjoy. It's a space for you to get to know yourself, to dig deeper within, and to also figure out what do I even like about marriage? Do I want to be married? Mm-hmm. If someone Has someone told me I just need to be married? And so um, it's kind of a tricky journal because – even though it's titled Dear Future Husband, it's more so about the woman who owns it. Sure. So while she's in it, she's writing. There's YouTube content and all those things. So that was my very first publication, and I was super excited about it because it was very personal for me of just knowing that, you know, if marriage is, is a desire for people, if it may seem far away, that's fine. What are you going to do in the time that you're waiting? Yeah. You're not preparing yourself just for him. You're preparing yourself for yourself. So you have to show up fully every single day for you. Um, so that was like my first project. And then with the question book, the, um, it's titled So Life Questions in Black and White. That one, again, very much random. Um, so that's the second publication. But what I loved about that, again, it serves for so many different purposes. You can kind of go more intro, you know, introspective with yourself, asking, you know, at small gatherings, family events, when you're dating someone, different questions you can ask them to figure out how they think. But also the journal prompts, and then it's great for YouTubers. So my approach mm. in that was oftentimes we'll see as YouTubers we can do um, get-to-know-me videos. And more so it's like, oh, do you like cats or dogs or so on and so forth. So I was like, this is a jazzy way to get to know your supporters instead of it being just the typical question. So that's how both of those came to be. Yep. And, and I'm super grateful that they're here. <laughs> I am too. They um, have sold very well in the store. Yeah. We do still have a copy of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're getting more from you, I think, yes. in the next couple of weeks. Yes, we've are. already planned that out, so yes. that's awesome. You've also, have you just published the question book in Spanish, or yes. is Dear Future Husband in Spanish as well? Thank you for that reminder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just the question book. I thought that was an easier read to, um, sure. to have translated, and so I want to make sure that anything I do, um, that it can transcend culture. Um, and so questions are something that any family, no matter their background, can sit down and ask one another. And so... Um, so, yeah, so that one's officially in English and in Spanish. They're both available on Amazon. Both yeah. publications are available on Amazon, yeah. It, I thought it was so cool because we took the Spanish version, just one copy, and I was like, I don't really, like, I don't get a ton of Spanish speakers in my store, so I just wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. 
if it would sell. And that was actually the first book we sold of yours was <laughs> awesome. someone wanted the Spanish version in particular. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought that was so neat. I think yeah. it's great that you are broadening your audience in that way. Very much so. I, while I was an undergrad, my minor was Spanish. Um, but I've just always had a love for the language. It's beautiful. And I... I think oftentimes language, no matter what the language is, can be a barrier for some. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's a great way, too, just to bring in multiple people, just to have a dialogue, you know, especially as those who are learning Spanish more frequently, more fluently. um, It just helps to see some common context, you know, that isn't so unfamiliar, some more conversational Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking of it, that would be a great way to practice Spanish as you're learning it. To get this question (laughs) book, ask yourself these questions or have someone ask them to you and answer them in Spanish. And, man... Yeah, teachers should be all on that. They should be. <laughs> Hello, teachers. Get on it. <laughs> Go buy Ashley's yes. book. Um, in addition to your books, you also have uh, Instagram that you're super active on, posting journaling prompts and then also encouraging like journaling hours where yes. you have people write together and talk about things together. Um, what makes... What makes you so passionate about journaling? Uh, Alyssa, honey, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> I, For me, I've been journaling ever as far back as I can remember. Um, and so now being like in my 30s, I would venture to say it's been well over 20-something years that mm-hmm. I've just been an avid writer. And more so because when I think about upbringing, I wasn't in a household that where we talked about how we felt about things and how was your day and it wasn't all of that. We knew we loved each other. We knew we had each other's backs. But there was not a lot of emotional, um, I guess, like connection, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so, again, just writing, writing, writing. Um, and it was a few years ago. I kind of was transitioning through different parts of life. And I felt led to really give what journaling has been for me to give that back to other, to other people. And so in that, it was, okay, you'll host, like, journal writing events and, you know, men and women, boys, girls, whoever, they can come and they can attend. And so I started with a small group of girls and a small group of boys, and then it just kind of started to morph itself over the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. And for me, writing, it allows for our subconscious to take over to where I'm very logical. Anyone who knows me <laughs> will tell you I'm analytical, I'm logical, and it has to make sense. But when I'm writing, none of it makes sense. I'm able to really uh, remove the barrier of my thinking, the barrier of my brain, and let my subconscious fully take over. Yeah. And I've gotten so much healing, so much freedom. I process better once I'm ri- once I've written things out. Um, my my birthday cards are better when <laughs> I write those out instead of impromptu stuff. But it truly, I've been able to see the benefits mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Um, that I've been able to reap just by sitting, taking five minutes to sit and write and connect with myself. And so mm-hmm. I think, again, in, in the hustle and bustle of life, we don't get the, that time to sit with ourselves and really just, how do I feel? What am I thinking? How is my body feeling? And so that, to me, is what journaling offers back to people. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, her Instagram, for everybody who doesn't know, is Strokes of Freedom. Yep, Strokes of Freedom. Which we'll tag on the Instagram post and um, on Facebook and all of that. We yeah. should definitely follow her. Again, you get even more questions yes. <laughs> um, and things to think about and journal about. Do you journal every single day? I don't. And okay. that's and I, I'm glad you asked that question. A lot of people feel like, oh, I'm not a journal writer. I don't do it every day. Just know that it's a tool you can use when you need it. Yeah. Um, I don't do it every day. Um, I At this point, I journal weekly, maybe about two or three times a week, um, but definitely not every day. Um, but I make sure I journal when I am excited and happy, but also when I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because... Sometimes we think, oh, journaling, when I'm sad, I'm just going to write and unleash on the pages, which is fine. But you also want to have reference points to go back to for when something great has happened in life. And so um, I oftentimes tell people the beautiful thing about journaling, and if you all hear nothing else, hear this, um, 
it doesn't, the pages don't speak back to you. They don't interrupt you. They mm-hmm. don't tell you how to feel. But more often than not, when we're having conversations with other people, it's like, oh, maybe you should. Or, no, the, the pages just accept whatever it is I have to say that day with no judgment. And just full compassion, honestly, is being offered. And so that's what I, that's what I take from it. I love that I can just sit and write, and there's no judgment. There's no anything. They just accept my truth for what it is. Oh, I love the way you put that because it's so true. I'm a big journaler, um, mm-hmm. same as you, mm-hmm. always have been. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it, again, goes back to that upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do it every day, but when I do it, whether I'm excited or happy or sad or just processing through something weird or um, writing down a list or anything, yes. <laughs> just getting it on that paper helps clear up my mind. Yes, it's like I can... Yes, letting it go. Yep, I say it releases like that valve. There's like a pressure valve or whatever the valve is you want to name it. It's almost like as you write, it just continues to, um, you know, to kind of lessen its its grip. And before you know it, you feel you feel lighter. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal. Even with Strokes of Freedom, I was very intentional about the name. Woke up three o'clock one morning like, I think I have it. (laughs) (laughs) It was like Strokes of Freedom, but you're going to write just like a pen stroke. You're writing your way to your own freedom. Yeah. And we have the power to do that. We don't have to wait for someone else to speak it over us or, you know, to hear some wonderful YouTube video. We have the power to write our truth, to own our truth, and that gets us closer to freedom. And I think, um, you know, another barrier that I hear from people who are like, oh, I wish I journaled is like, I don't know how to do it well or I don't know how to do it right and there's no right way not at all you know sometimes I'm journaling and it's like half sentences (laughs) it's a list it's you know it's a quick paragraph Mm -hmm. it's a thought that popped into my head and sometimes it's four pages of me ranting because I'm pissed about something (laughs) you know there's no right way like you said the pages just accept it they just accept it and if we could be okay with it I think Mm -hmm. we are programmed to think that there's a right and a wrong way I think about something being the best and the better way Mm. versus it being right or wrong. So there's no right way. There's no wrong way to journal. It's just the act of doing it. Um, And so, like you said, you can do bullet journaling where you just jot, you know, jotting different things down. You may do paragraph form. You may do quotes and sentences. You may do more. um, What's the technical word for it? People do it more so for like Bible journaling, but it's even like scrap journaling. And so where you, if you're more artsy and creative, you maybe want to have, you know, some cardstock and some, you know, some washi tape and all these different things that you add just to give you a visual uh, and reflect of how you feel. But there's no right or wrong way. It's just a matter of starting. Um, The other thing, too, a lot of people feel as though, I don't want to write. What if someone reads it? You have to write as though nobody's ever going to see this. Right. Because that's the best way for you to be honest and true with yourself. Um, and if you're afraid someone's going to read it, lock it up somewhere. <laughs> you yeah. know, but you don't have to let anyone read it. You don't have to let anyone read it. And so there's that fear of, oh, my gosh, I'm not doing this right. Or someone's going to read this when really it's, you owe it to yourself to be able to unleash and to unload. So, yeah, no right or wrong way. Just write. You can grab a piece of copy paper or you can get a fancy journal. It doesn't matter. Just get you a cute little pen and just and go for it. Yes. Yeah. Whatever works for you. Yes. I think that's the best part about it. Speaking of cute little journal, I'm a total notebook. We all pen. I, I was like, I know I'm going to be speaking to her so right now. Yes. So what journal do you like using? What pen do you like using? Do you have favorites? I don't have a favorite anything. When okay. I tell you I will buy journals, for one, I don't even need half of the ones I bought. I have don't we all? probably like 10 sitting in like this dresser. And it's like, Ashley, but I'm like, you never know. 
And God forbid you I go to Marshalls. <laughs> you have to. Or I may gift them out. And I'm like, you don't know when you're going to need them. Yes. So, um, but there, honestly, there is not, um, there's one line that comes to mind um, and it's called Fringe. Um, but I love just their layout. They, they're um, uh, spiral bound notebooks. They have more college rule paper. It's mm. good quality paper. Um, no bleed through at all, which I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, but honestly, the quality of theirs is super, super great. But they have cute designs on the front that really speak to you. No favorite pen whatsoever. Yeah. I'll grab a pen from Walmart, Office Depot, random ones I see on Amazon because, you know, Amazon takes all my money at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I have, there's no nothing I recommend at all. It's just, um, I, yeah, I write on anything. I write yeah. on anything. I did see that Sharpie has released, like, this wonderful gel pen. Someone I follow on Instagram just mm-hmm. gave a review on it and said it's oh. fabulous. They say Smudge it's like, proof. Yeah. It's great. They say it just glides across the page. Yeah. I'm working my way up. I'm like, let me just, because <laughs> I don't want to get too out of control. <laughs> but yeah, so nothing in particular. It can be any brand of pen or pencil. It's just, the, again, the art of just writing. So yes. Yeah. But I love them all. Matt Marshalls and TJ Maxx will get all my money when it comes to journals. Just because they're like less than, you know, wholesale. But I'm like, oh. This is pretty. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it for me. I get so distracted by the pretty covers yeah. and, you know what I mean, all of my journals look 100% different. They're yes. all over the mm-hmm, place. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's random notebooks that I've purchased from, like, uh, that have, like, business branding on it yep. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I just like the quality of the pages. Yeah. And it's – you got to just write in what – Yes. Whatever feels good <laughs> Whatever feels to good. You. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, I'm going to go buy some journals today. I, I know. Now I, like, really want a journal <laughs> shop. I have to be like, no. No, 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 no. But I don't have one on deck right now, so I do need to get a new you one. You have to. It's, you, you have to have one for when you're finished. It just makes sense. It's yeah. important. It's so, yeah. And I tell people, too, even when I think about all the different journals that I'm sure we both have, <laughs> I can I designate journals for different things. So I okay. may have a prayer journal. I may have, when I was working out, I may have, like, a workout <laughs> fitness journal, a gratitude journal, a day-to-day, just, you know, whatever. I also have a creative journal. So when I have different ah. thoughts that come to mind, it was a birthday gift a couple years ago. When I have thoughts that come to mind, I, that's the only one I write my ideas in. I yeah. don't write it anywhere else. I'm like, this is solely for creative stuff, and that's what I've committed it to. So you can have multiple. See, we're putting them to use. We can have multiple journals, you know. Totally. Just different things. See, I think yeah. this is the perfect illustration of how you can journal differently for what works for you. See, I do all of that in one journal for oh, myself. Oh, I love it. Yep. Yeah. So my journal that I carry, I carry it with me all the time. Mm-hmm. It's my Jot Down Random Thoughts Journal. Mm-hmm. It's my... Um, while I'm reading books and I want to, you know, maybe write about what I'm reading journal. It's my just journal journal where I just, you know, word vomit when I'm (laughs) happy or angry or upset or something's going Mm -hmm. on. So it's a one book deal for me. I I like having it in one spot, but I do know people Mm -hmm. who have different journals for different purposes. One of my friends is very similar to you though. She, any appointment she's scheduling, if she needs some, a quick place to jot it, like her mm-hmm. journal. So hers fills up quickly. So, yeah, so you'll need one on deck. If you're yes. writing everything in it, oh yeah, go out today. Just get a couple <laughs> of them. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you are just so bad for my wallet. My husband's going to be like. Don't tell your husband. Ah, he's going to be so mad at me. <laughs> um, so speaking of just writing and getting into that creative space that you mentioned, do you have any plans for Nano Month coming up in November? Honestly, the largest thing I'm doing now is just continuing to invite people into a space where they can write. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to encourage people. Like, writing is not a lost art. It's nope. still here. It's present. And more people, I want for more people to connect with it. And so even earlier you mentioning, like, the pop-ups, my plan is to host more of those in the month of November. Because 
people need the space. So whether it's virtual, if we're meeting at a coffee shop, just something that allows for them to come together to know during this time you can write. You can write whatever you want to write about. I'll mm-hmm. kind of guide you some, but really letting them tap into, you know, who they are and what, and what they're experiencing. So that's the biggest thing, just to push writing as much as possible and to push reading because you can write, but it, I want you to go back and read what you've written about too. Yeah. I want for it to be something that, you know, that you carry with you. But that's the biggest thing, just opening up that space. Um, I just recently started posting that I'm doing – uh, one-on-one virtual sessions. Um, oh, that way, cool. some people don't like a group setting all the time. So I'm like, hey, we can make something specific to you. We'll make a writing plan that's just for you, whatever you want to work on, whatever you want to explore. And then we'll just kind of navigate through there. But I'm just, I'm talking about writing every day. <laughs> as much as I that. can, yes. Oh, how cool. Well, we should definitely hook up after this because I know we had talked about it in the past and I was like kind of holding off because of COVID, but we are bringing writing events back to um, That's Novel Books. Yes, yes. So <laughs> let's team up with one. I'm I would love to have it. you there. Yes. Maybe have some prompts and just, I don't know, yes. talk about the art of it a little bit. The more. art of it. I is love an it. art. It is. It is an and art. And everyone does it differently. We're all artists in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's such an art and everyone has room and space to do it however works best for them yes but i'm here for that awesome we'll get something on the books maybe like first week of november or something so that people hear this podcast get to know you and then can get jazzed and signed up for a safe socially distant yes writing event (laughs) yes we will be spreading y'all out no one will be next to each other i promise (laughs) we're still staying away Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited about all the work you're doing. Everyone, please go check out Ashley Strokes of Freedom on Instagram. I will be sure to tag you in the blog and all of that jazz. Um, sign up for virtual sessions with her. All the sign things. up for one-on-one sessions. Yes, my newsletter. If you go to my website yes. at strokesoffreedom.com, you can sign up for my newsletter there. Um, and also you can read other people's stories. So that's the other thing, too. Ooh. On the blog, I feature other people. So there's, like, breakup stories and how they kind of healed and overcame. But even, too, um, now I'm going more into personal events people have transitioned through. So Surviving Miscarriage is, like, my most recent series. Mm-hmm. And so there's women I'm interviewing and even their husbands to just share what that experience was like how did you heal what did it feel like you know and all so many different things so check out the blog too um and then subscribe for the newsletter for all the updates yes definitely do that buy her books yes they are great for journaling prompts great for fun nights at home with family um great for just sitting and flipping through and asking yourself or your your significant (laughs) other those Mm -hmm. questions we will have some copies in that's novel books and then they're also on amazon you said yes they're available on amazon both the journal and the question book yes great thank you so much for coming today this was so much fun yeah same here everyone go get a cute journal and write (laughs) yes immediately (laughs) Um, uh, all right let's go shopping All right. Uh, So Ashley was wonderful. I hope you all enjoyed that segment. Now Garrett and I will finish it up with a question from our followers, which perfectly aligns with what we talked about last time. Um, By the way, you and one other person were the only people who voted in our online poll saying that burning burns my beans was a saying. Listen, I'm just trying to make it a thing. You so you lied. It's not a thing. It's a thing. It's, it's a thing. It's the a moment thing in is, your head. It's a thing that I made up. The, well, you you said it was a thing, like a, a famous saying. <laughs> I wish you all could see the smug look he's giving me right now. <laughs> anyway, like at what point does something become a saying? Like the moment that you say it, it is a thing. No, that's so, not how it works. Like yay books. Well, that's not a saying. It I would never a, say that's a saying. It is a saying. It's, 
the saying on this show. It's mm. it's a catchphrase. Right. It's not a saying. It's know. my superhero catchphrase. It really burns my beans. Yeah. It's, a it's not a widespread, well-known saying. Okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> I never said that. Yes. You were like, you uh, you put it in with all of these other well-known sayings. <laughs> so you implied Listen, that it was on the level. Being a, let me tell you about being a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> and really... You know, sometimes you just have to insert yourself into a world where maybe you just don't fit all that well. But um, by surrounding yourself with those like things, you start to take on the... um... You're so full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I love how that conversation started as me screwing up common sayings and you were like, burns my beans. That's a saying. And you were screwing it like it was just made up. No, I didn't make it up last week. I made it up like years ago. I've been saying it for years. Years. I've never heard you say it. I've I, known you for over two years of my life. I've only, I've known you for over three years of my life. God. I don't know. Should we get a friend gift? Do you need a friend gift? No. Okay. Our anniversary is coming up. You just hired me <sighs> recently. Yeah, I know. Here we are. I'm <laughs> about to send you away for four months. That's not widespread knowledge. Yeah, well, I'll edit it out. <laughs> Sending her to uh, Abu Dhabi. What? I don't know. I'll edit this out. I'll do a quick edit. It's fine. I don't care. Garrett's sending me away for four months. Yeah, to Abu Dhabi. To Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Just for fun. Or Just to shoot. see co-working there. Yeah, sure. Co-working at bookstores in Abu Dhabi. She'll come back with a little human. Anyway, the person who submitted this question listened to last week's podcast. Shout out to Mike. Um, he wanted to know what about owning a small business burns our beans. You first. Me first. All right. So here's my biggest pet peeve lately. This really just burns my beans, boils my blood, all of the things. I can't stand when people come into the store, look around, and then stop by the desk on their way out and go, your store is so cute. Oh, my gosh. We love it here. We hope you're around for a while. And then leave without buying a single thing. Yeah. How am I supposed to be? Just buy a dollar book bookmark. Support your local businesses right now. If you walk into a store and believe it is so cute and are so moved to say that to somebody as you walk out, literally spend a dollar. Maybe they just feel obligated to have an interaction. Well, I'm not even looking at them half the time. I'm working. <laughs> oh, that's bad customer service. Well, <laughs> we can talk about that later. Um, that's frustrating, though. Yeah, just think, like give me some level of support. Then. Yeah, and I think that like someone that's plugged in, we have the luxury of being plugged into a lot of small businesses. There's a um, there's a real culture around being sad that businesses disappear and struggle and all these things, but the, the general showing of support to these businesses um, when they need them most uh, is, is just not there. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's really hard. It's, it's still, you know, people still love their Starbucks. They still love their Dunkin' Donuts. They still buy things on Amazon. Um, we're a culture of, of ease and also um, the economics around things just dictate a lot of our life and, companies can charge a lot less and and that can that that savings on top of the ease of typically location and things like that because a starbucks can afford to be on park road or in on east boulevard and be 
because they can afford those huge rents mm-hmm. tend to come with um, uh, just a, a sense of ease that people like that that convenience. So yeah, yeah but like people are literally in the store. Totally. My books are already cheaper than because they're used. Yeah. My bookmarks I'm, I'm, are a dollar, which is very competitively priced. My like I'm this is my great general, just in general. Small just, business. Okay. Um your yours is like, yeah, you know. I think that um that's tough. Maybe they they're they're just unaware of you know, and they maybe they didn't see something, so they wanted to say something nice and I guess it is nice. I shouldn't. I shouldn't complain about people complimenting my space, but like, also your your store is so cute is not going to keep me in business. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate it, but like, just buy a dollar bookmark. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. Seems reasonable. Thank you. All right. What burns your beans? That that was mine. Oh. That's it. The general lack of support for small businesses? The the lack of support for small businesses in mass until a small business is struggling or or closed. You know, that outpouring of like, oh, my God, that restaurant we went to once is closing. You're just like, you went there once. You went there once. Yeah. Years ago. Mm -hmm. The amount of people that were upset about Fat Burrito, you're just like, that place kind of sucks, and you probably haven't been there in years. Never went there. I know. But people were really (laughs) upset about it because it's just... Right. Our... Um, we hold on to a lot of things we have no use for. It's that it is the same thing applies to like things that people like pack in boxes and put in their attic. Like you don't yeah. care. I could go up into your attic, throw everything away, and you wouldn't even know what was missing. There are dead bodies in my attic, so I would know. Weird. I was going to say something else. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just would like to see. Like a, I think there are people that really do support local and make a, a huge effort, but I think there is just a culture around like, like we're a, <laughs> you know, there's a weird, hmm. yeah, I don't know how to like, yeah, we just don't pay attention till it's, till it's gone. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like people like getting sad when like famous actors die. You're just like, what the fuck are you sad about right now? You watched one movie. Like these people are like, oh my God, we lost Anthony Bourdain. You're just like, tell me about your personal connection with this person. You watched their series once and like again. like I worked it, with him. I'm not saying you, but I think that like <laughs> know, a lot know, of people like just have this general like, it's this faux sympathy, this like, I don't know. I go on and like I'm, I hate it. Every time I see a business. It really does burn your beans. It does. I can see your beans burning you. It does. It's a weird. Sorry. Um, Yeah. I I don't. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. But I. Don't be sorry. It runs through all the things. And I see it the most in small, but like because of local news and things like that. Yeah. You know, anytime that Charles Agenda posts a photo of a building, the first thing you do is check to see if it's that business closing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then go into the comments to watch this outpouring of, like, sadness for a thing that people just didn't really care all that much about. Right. Now I'm with you. That small business. Which I think is a really great reminder as we wrap up here that it's the holiday season coming up. Shop local. Shop local for your gifts. They're going to be better quality, most likely. They're going to help your local economy, which desperately needs it this year. You know who does not need you to shop with them right now? 
Jeff Bezos, who makes $2,000 a second and it's declined prime day his, I know. It's prime day. And I saw this post that he like makes $2,000 a second, declined his employees' hazard pay, um, and like laid off a bunch of people and like all these shitty things during the pandemic. And meanwhile, we've got small businesses like shout out Hugo, who kept the whole team on staff full full pay during a global pandemic. Like, yeah, and support I, your local businesses. Yeah, I shop think, local for holidays this year. I think if you can, if you are in a place where you can, you can shift some of your, um, you know. If you can make space for for things like that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't begrudge people saving money and 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 bettering themselves. That's sure. That's always the the thing that I'm because I I'm I'm guilty of a lot of this. Like I'm, uh, you're a big gamma second guy. I just I like these. I get it. I like these. I get but, it. Uh, vast majority of my stuff, I I'm like I'm getting better at making an effort to see if things can be purchased local within a reasonable time frame. Like totally eases everything. And I think that businesses and small business need to figure out how to evolve. Um, but there's no way to compete with Amazon. So anyway, we could go on and on about this, but yeah, Garrett's also like single handedly keeping like four restaurants in Charlotte alive (laughs) with how often he frequents them. So yeah. Shout out Lincoln. Shout out eight and sand. We love you. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed um, this episode and our interview with Ashley and, and Garrett's weird lip noises now. I'm just giving you some outro music. Oh, go ahead. Bring uh, us out, Garrett. Uh, I'm just going to insert the... I need. To, we need to add intro, outro music just so we know that podcast is over. Just like a fade in of whatever our sound is. I don't know it. Yay, books. It's not going to be that. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. We will talk about Stephen Graham Jones, The Only Good Indians, next time. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, talk to you later. I don't know. You need a sign off. See, outro. I need a sign off. We've spent a minute trying to figure this out. Ah, Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs)